streaming the world over. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Jody Pedar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here's your host, Jody Pedar. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical, and we are here live at the AICPA Engage event in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. And um, it's just been so cool this morning, so we have lots more interviews this afternoon, and we can't wait to share with you all our guests. But right now, we have Michael Platt, and he is going to introduce us, or introduce himself and tell us about what he does. And then also co-hosting with me, we have David Knock. Again, he's part of the program now. <laughs> he's an old hat. Um, and we're going to talk about really the future of the industry and what's happening in the accounting profession. Jody and David, thank you for including me in the program. Uh, Mike Platt, I'm with Inside Public Accounting, and we are a newsletter publication. We do a lot of financial and operational benchmarking of the accounting profession, and we've been working with accounting firms for a little over 30 years now, uh, about the thousand largest accounting firms in the country. And the really cool thing right now for all of us is just kind of seeing all the changes that a lot of firms have been talking about for a long time, and people are now listening, people are now changing, People are now paying a lot more attention, and there's a lot more exciting changes going on in the in the profession. We've heard some managing partners talking about the fact there's going to be more change in the next 50 months than there have been in the last 50 years, and that's a pretty exciting concept. Absolutely. So, how are the managing partners reacting to that? Uh, with a lot of uh, anxiety, uh, a lot of angst, a lot of uh, opportunity. Um, not really sure exactly what the direction is, but they all recognize that what got them here, and uh, they've been very, very successful getting to this point. Uh, but uh, going forward, it's going to be a, a little bit of a different ball game, different business model, different kind of services, and different ways that they can uh, help serve their clients. Hmm. So you do lots of study. So what have you learned in your most recent study? So we do a lot of the financial and operational benchmarking uh, of the profession. We look at every metric inside and out to try to find out what makes the accounting firms tick, what's working well, what's not working well. And some of the major trends that we're seeing is certainly uh, profitability within the accounting profession for those specifically for the larger firms. The profit margins are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the pressure on on uh, fees and the pressure on staff um, pricing. Uh, the accounting profession is one of the few professions that has a monopoly where they've taken the monopoly, in this case an audit, and just driven the price of the audit just into the ground. Um, and so the fee pressure has really been a, a struggle for a lot of the larger firms. And uh, the, the when you look at the billing rates, the billing rates on average are increasing about uh, 4% a year. Uh, the staff costs, including both the the salary as well as healthcare and everything else like that, is going up about seven and a half percent a year, and so that is a completely unsustainable model for going forward. And profit margins are getting harder, and 
the the one thing that has really defined the accounting profession forever uh, in terms of the compliance services is the one thing that's just is the least profitable that they've got. So firms now are really shifting their focus uh, to a lot of the other non-traditional service areas, whether that's uh, a wealth management practice like what First Global does, uh, whether it's technology consulting or payroll con uh, processing or HR consulting, and they're, they're, and they're really branching out into a whole lot of different areas and really changing their views of what it means to be a public accounting firm. Uh, the more progressive ones, I believe now, are really shifting their, their thought process from here are the products that we sell to let me sit and talk to the client, find out what they need, and we can figure out how to help them out. So doing more consulting and stuff like that. That's certainly the goal. That's huh. certainly the goal. So have you seen them adopting the technology the way they should? Or do you think that they're just starting now to say, oh, maybe we should look at that AI? I think that a lot of the technological changes, um, certainly the, the less expensive technological changes, really bubbled up from the, the much smaller firms who were a lot more quick to adapt, a lot more quick to bring them in-house, and a lot more quick to, to utilize them and get a lot of the efficiencies that the lar larger firms now are, are seeing, and they're, they're looking to adapt. Uh, on the whole artificial intelligence front, um, blockchain and machine learning and all the pieces that go along with that, there's, there's a lot of uh, excitement if you're a partner that's under age, let's say, 45 years old. Um, there's a lot of angst if you're a partner above age 55 years old uh, about it, and the, the partners in between, uh, depending on their outlook on what their, what their uh, skill set is, uh, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity that people see. Uh, they think everybody else is ahead of them. Um, they recognize it's a very high dollar investment to to create a lot of the new uh, technologies that are out there. And frankly, you know, when you look at the at the survey results, the amount of capital that's actually sitting inside of an, an accounting firm, nobody's got the money to to invest in something like this. So pooling resources between firms, the AICPA is looking to pool some money t together. The largest accounting firms are are uh, trying to come up with some answer there. And I think there's a lot of excitement. Uh, about it, but nobody's really sure where it's going. I'll say from our perspective too, I mean, on technology, one of the things that we've seen is technology still seems to be seen by most firms as something that's uh, an operational component of the organization, not part of its strategic value proposition. So in a lot of cases, I think you see the firm's partners and principals not really understanding what they own and what it can do for their value proposition. It tends to be something that exists more at the staff or administrative level. And I think that's a huge miss for a lot of firms. Um, until they understand what they own and why, uh, they're never going to be able to bring it into the value proposition. And as a result, for the firms that do figure it out, um, they're going to begin m moving much farther, much faster. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think that the bigger firms have to um, realize that the small firms are figuring it out and they're killing mm -hmm. it, right? So um, we're an itty-bitty firm and we're looking at bots. So right. <laughs> when they say, oh, you can't do that, well, yeah, you can. You just got to find the right partners. Right. And I think, a, I think there is a lot of experimentation going on right. in the larger firms right now. And, you know, they obviously have a much bigger ship to turn uh, to, to take the, the success that they've had, which has been very, very good success for decades. Um, and, you know, if you're a partner in, in the accounting profession, you're financially doing very well. And I think that that success is one of the biggest uh, liabilities that they have also because there's a lot of... of past historical uh, success and financial lifestyle that they've set up for themselves that is at risk because they don't know what the future looks like. Um, and as they're 
experimenting with a lot of different types of technologies. The, uh, the those big ships, I think, are are turning. Um, probably a lot slower than the little speedboats like your firm that's going to speed around them right now. Yeah. But, but I think it would be a mistake to think that the use of technology or the lack thereof in this case is really a structural barrier. Um, I mean, it may be harder for bigger firms to make decisions and move than it is for smaller, but the reality is, and I know you both know this, the barrier is more attitudinal than it is structural. Right, And until I think partners begin to look at technology differently or the role that plays in their firm or until they make it more of a priority, they're not going to have an opportunity to figure out if they can go fast or slow. Right? Well, I, think, I think that's the spot. Yeah, and I think the big thing is that technology adds capacity so you can do more and different things such as wealth management, right? So Absolutely. we're an itty-bitty firm and we're doing wealth management now because we utilize technology in other areas so that we can add capacity. And I think that's... That's the, the piece that a lot of um, partners don't get is that as you add technology, you get more capacity to do more and more and more and other things. Mm -hmm. So you can either, you know, change your business model and it just starts really changing everything. And, and it's hard to get partners to see that. It's I not, think, just, oh, sorry, it's not just more. It's not just more capacity. It's more and better capacity. Correct. Right. Yes. I know for as long as I've been working with the accounting profession, and I'm in my 30-plus years of, of working with them, there's been a conversation about becoming an advisor. I mean, we've got to become advisors. We've got to become more uh, close to our, our clients and become the trusted advisor. And that, that, that's not a new conversation. But I think now the – I fully agree with David on the attitudinal side of this, that shifting from the expert who has all the right answers – to the advisor who has all the right questions is a big hurdle for a lot of people to get over. And the ones who are very successful at it, it's kind of done naturally. So everybody's trying to figure out exactly how do you train a, a, a practitioner who's exceptionally good at their craft, highly intelligent, uh, a lot of hours on, the, on, on doing something exceptionally well. How do you get them to think differently uh, and to sit down and ask the right questions? They've got tremendous skill sets. They've got tremendous uh, knowledge and experience with a whole bunch of different kinds of clients. They've got the client relationships there. They care deeply about their mm -hmm. clients and Absolutely. really want to help them out. And, and so the, all the pieces are there. And I, I do believe that some of what's holding them back is just their own self-limiting belief that we have to have all the right answers and we, it, we better not ask the question if we don't know what the answer is. And I think as an advisor, that's, you need a little bit of a different skill set. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think what's really interesting too is as I've kind of um, dove into the financial planning world is how those skill sets have evolved because when you really do financial planning, you really learn those advisory skills. And I was, and I was really surprised at, you know, we talk a lot about having conversations and how to have those conversations. And in most typical firms, they don't talk about that, right? It's the expectation is, is you're going to talk to the client and you know how to talk to the client, not like that you would actually might be a way to coach you through that conversation, right? Sure. So to mm -hmm. me, I think that that's kind of the perfect marriage is how do you take that financial advisory skill set and apply it to old school firms and say, look, how can we really um, build a better practice overall? Because I really believe the financial advisors have that, you know, added value there. Mm -hmm. well, they I already think get it. I, I fully agree with you on the, on the conversation part because that, that is because we're all people people and we all want to work with others and, and feel good about client service and things like that. Having the conversation about just 
changing the, the conversation, I think, is a very difficult thing. One of the things that we do at Inside Public Accounting is we identify, based on a lot of different metrics, what the best of the best firms are doing. Uh, and we identify the 50 best of the best firms in the, in the United States, and then we try to find best practices that they, that they do. And one of, the, one of the distilled areas that we've identified as one of the best practices is being able to charge what you are worth and be able to explain to the client that you are worth that, explain the value proposition, explain uh, to them why they're paying the, the fees that they're paying and, and all the value that they're getting for that. And there, there's a, a group of professionals who are really good at that. And there's a group of professionals who really struggle with that. Yeah. So this has been awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today live at AICPA Engage. And um, stay tuned because we'll have lots more interviews coming up. Thank you. First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients. Play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what's best for your clients. Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical, and we are live at the AICPA Engage event in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Hotel. And it is um, just been an awesome morning so far. And we are back with Michael Platt, and we had... Um, we had just left him and he was telling us about the best of the best and what the firms are doing. And so we're going to continue that conversation and talk about what's happening. So when you do the survey and you survey all these firms and you say the best of the best, the best, what are they doing? What is so cool? So the, the, the best of the best really is uh, looked at from a financial perspective, from a governance perspective, from a training perspective, uh, from a people perspective, trying to get a really holistic view of firms. So it's not just a financial result. And it's essentially the, the 5% at the top of the list uh, through this complicated formula that we've created to identify the best of the best. And we've been doing this for about 20 years. And some of the time, it's uh, if you're in the right place at the right time and you happen to ride a wave, you know, whether it's a particular industry or particular geography, uh, and other times it might be, you know, you, you catch a lucky break one year. So we wanted to really break down that and look over the course of time to figure out exactly what are the, the cultural components of what goes into a best of the best firm. And we boiled that, that down to a, a number of specific elements uh, for public accounting firms. Uh, one of them is that the uh, taking care of partners and staff in terms of creating the best business people that they can develop mm -hmm. on professional development side is part of the DNA, is part of the mission of the firms uh, that they, you know, they focus on their clients, they focus on, on the partner group and the business itself, but they also focus on the development of the people to be the best business people they can. As an example, there was a, a firm uh, in their particular market where business gets done on the golf course in their geography and so the firm took it upon itself to teach everybody how to play golf they brought in a golf professional and they taught everybody from the managing partner all the way down to the interns this is how you become a good 
successful professional in this particular marketplace. So that's one of the, the hallmarks of it. Uh, one of the other hallmarks of the best of the best firms is they have this attitude of doing more with less. And it's the entrepreneurial attitude. They're going to be lean and mean, and they're going to uh, have uh, fewer clients, maybe bigger projects for the clients. Um, less office space per person. They're not going to waste a lot of money and, and just do the entrepreneurial thing. Best of the best firms also have about 20% uh, higher wages than their competitors across the street. Um, they are good at taking care of their staff. Uh, they're good at really bringing a wide variety of different kinds of benefits and work from home opportunities and options for everybody. Uh, best of the best firms, as we had said in the last segment, are really focused on charging what they are worth and being able to explain the value uh, to those firms and really focus on the highest level uh, activity that, that the partners can do. And then at the manager level, the managers are focused on their highest level activity and all the way down the line. Uh, best of the best firms also have a, an incredible focus on partner accountability and making sure that uh, we are committed to each other. We have partner evaluations. Everybody's held to a standard. We have particular uh, criteria of what it means to be a partner in this firm. And if you don't play by the rules, you're out of here. And then the, the last critical cultural component for the best of the best firms is really focusing on client solutions and not products and services. And we're here to help our clients in whatever way we, we can, whether they need a wealth management uh, uh, a solution, whether there's a technology solution, or, or whether there's a tax or accounting solution, we're there to help clients. So when you boil it all down and you kind of strip out a lot of the geographies and the industries and a lot of the numbers, it comes down to that, which is a pretty good list for a lot of different businesses, not just accounting firms. And how many firms make this list? So we have 50 firms on the list. Uh, there, last year, we had about 600 accounting firms that participated in it. So, okay. so it really is the, the, the cream of the crop of that. So, so I'm curious, just out of the best of the best research that you've done, is there anything that those firms are willing to do that other firms are scared to do? Uh, I think that they're, th those firms are more willing to, number one, hold the owners and, and partners accountable. Uh, this is the way that we do business in this firm. Uh, this is what's expected of you. Uh, if you go rogue, you're likely not going to be a partner here in the future, even if it's a big rainmaker who's bringing in 80% of the new business into there. If they're, don't, if they're not playing by the rules of the firm, then I think those, those people tend to, to be uh, uh, let go a lot quicker. So I think that's one area that, that they tend to do quicker um, that others might, might be afraid of. The other part of it, uh, from, a, from a fee standpoint, is really recognizing that, that the confidence that they have that they're delivering something of significant value uh, is, is a big difference from, that really separates them from everybody else. And that confidence level yeah. helps them in the, in the conversation uh, about fees. Uh, you know, I use the, the example of you know, if, a, if a partner in an accounting firm gets a phone call from one of their clients and the client says, hey, I've got a question about the bill, the, the highly confident partner will sit down and talk to them and answer the questions and explain why the bill might be where it is, whatever it might be. The less confident partner will will automatically assume that the, the client is calling to complain about the bill or to say it's too high. They will uh, immediately say, well, we didn't have full focus on this and we probably had too many hours in this, so we'll reduce the fee by 10%. <laughs> and the question might have just been, you know, do you take, do you take credit cards? <laughs> um, so I think the confidence piece really, uh, really adds to it uh, significantly a lot. 
So for the you know hundred or so CPA firms that are out in the audience here, is there uh, if you could only tell them one thing they could do to be more best of the best like, what would be that one thing? I think the one thing that I would tell the partners that are sitting in front of us right now is to really focus their time on partner level activity. Uh, and pushing down the work as far as they possibly can. One of the things that, that we recognize uh, when every audience would get a chance to speak to, when we have a you know, group of 100 or 200 or 300 partners out there and ask them you know, within their partner group of their firms, if you look at all of the hours, all of those partners are contributing toward the success of the firm, how many of those are partner level hours? And you know, a, a sheepish hand goes up at about 70%. And then you bring that number down to 60%, a couple more hands go up, and 50%, about half the hands start going up. So really half the time that is spent at that partner level is done uh, on things that really should be pushed down to lower level staff where they can bring their highest and best use of their time. And so if I had one thing to say to, to really get everybody refocused on becoming the best of the best is really aim much higher in terms of what you do and what your daily discipline is in uh, what uh, and, and, and what you can leverage the most, whether that's staff development, whether that's client development, whether that's transforming the firm. You know, we, we talk a lot about the amount of time that's focused on, on running the company, the amount of time that's focused on growing the company, and the amount of time that's focused on transforming the company. And when you run the company, that, that, that just eats up most of the time. And, you know, the, a few firms really do have people that ded are dedicated to focusing on the growing side, but they don't have the time to focus on the transforming side. And I think that's where they're starting to, to get some more traction right now. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because to me, I think about it, it most of the things that you talk about are all cultural, right? And <laughs> so, so really culture beats strategy, right? Because... <laughs> Every day of the week, every day of the week. And, and, and this is not unique to public accounting firms. When you look at any kind of professional service firm, whether it's you know, in, in a financial planning practice or in law firms or engineer firms or you know, architects, whatever it might be, everybody does something similar and everybody is running a business while they're doing a craft. And I think that these cultural elements are, are universally accepted. And the accounting profession, I think, is ahead in some areas, and I think they're behind in some areas. And what we're looking to do at Inside Public Accounting is really help everybody move forward with, in a best practice style, learning from the best of the best, who are more than happy and open about what they're doing and sharing. Um, but, you know, the trick comes down to execution. I'll take culture over strategy every day, and I'll take execution every day. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's interesting, too, to see them um, start to, to think about the transformation, right? Because it seems like it's been a long time coming, and the business models need to be changed. And, mm -hmm. and so now how do they move those ships? And so they got a big job ahead of them. There's a lot of sacred cows out there that need to be looked at. And the sacred cows really being, you know, are these belief systems that are holding us back? Or are these belief systems that are really helping us advance our firm? So the more people can really shine a bright light on that and uh, decide for themselves if it's still serving them well, that's what we're all about. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, when you look at your survey, um, how does the profession respond to it? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a funny question. Um, and I... When we had a lot of paper products, um, the, the joke has always been, you, know, you walk into a partner's office, a managing partner's office, and you see our, our book with, has hundreds and hundreds of pages of tables and metrics and graphs and all this other stuff. There's one dog-eared page on there, it, which comes to the page that talks about net income per partner. And that's the big metric that everybody was, was looking at. And 
So I think that uh, a lot of firms use uh, use a few metrics to to drive the firm and, and strategically to to move the firm forward. Uh, but you know the administration group uses a bunch of different metrics, and the marketing group uses a bunch of different metrics, and the IT group uses di a bunch of different metrics. So there's a lot of pieces uh, that that are in there. Uh, the, the good thing about looking backwards. Uh, with benchmarking like this is really to get an idea of who are the firms that are doing something just incredible that we can learn from and also what's what is the benchmark for us to to grow ourselves and where do we want to be next year like you know when you all of us were growing up and you know mom put the pencil mark on the on the door jam when you were growing up and you know my benchmark next year is I better be taller than I was <laughs> last time around and so there's a lot of there's a lot of interest in in the benchmarking side but we're also looking at a lot more of the predictive analytics and getting more into the data analytics and getting much more into the forward looking side of things to really use the historical data that we have from the past really to help firms in the planning process to to help them grow and there's a lot of exciting ways to, to move that forward. Yeah, and I think too it's going to be interesting for you moving forward because the business models are changing and so you can't just look at the same same old, same old metrics anymore because right. you got to compare apples to apples and there's apples and oranges and pears and all these other different models coming out and how is it all going to like evolve into, you know, relevant information for the profession as a whole. And, so, you, and you said yeah. it earlier on the cultural side of things that there's so many pieces that, that are kind of the gut feel of how do you measure yourself. For instance, if we've got a partner group, everybody's making a million dollars a year and 90% of them are divorced. Is that a good metric? Probably not. And so there's things like that that you can look at on, on the impact that we're having on the different constituencies that we're talking to, on the well-being of the, of the firm, the well-being of the staff, the well-being of the clients and the community that we're serving. So there's a lot of different pieces that are going into that as well that a, a lot of more progressive firms are looking at and we're looking to help them get there. So cool. So this has been a phenomenal segment on the best of the best firms. So thank you for joining us. Um, do you have any big plans for tonight? My big plans for tonight <laughs> just to uh, continue keeping my eyes and ears open for any other ideas that I can help share with everybody else. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Stay tuned. First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients. Play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what's best for your clients. Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com.